Live from Sadler Studios, it's Stay Busy with the boy, Armand Sadler. gentlemen welcome to another edition of stay busy with armand sadler shout out to everyone who is subscribed to the youtube thank you to the listeners for liking retweeting commenting if you haven't already make sure you like comment subscribe all that good stuff and leave a review on apple it's the boy armand vegan chorizo poppy multiple miles poppy uh what else do i do i do a lot of things uber driver yeah, your favorite, thank you. you. See, you always you always got my back. You I got you. Back. Your favorite Uber driver, all that good stuff. I'm just so excited to be here that I'm forgetting all my aliases, all my pseudonyms, but that's okay. We <laughs> here, we lit. Co-host, how you feeling, man? What's going on, y'all? How you doing today? This is Nick Early tuning in with y'all, executive producing, co-hosting. We have a very fun episode for today. Mm-hmm. We have and a very, I think we have a role that we have yet to fulfill on Stay Busy. So this is a first for us. Yes. And it still kind of fits the behind the scenes, but now she's emerging into her own light, her mm-hmm. own light. <laughs> we love, we love to see that. So yeah. I'll let you go ahead and introduce our illustrious guest. Absolutely. <laughs> so I had the pleasure of having a conversation with our guest uh, on last week. And I was like, this is so good. I can't just leave this to a written interview. I got to bring you on the pod <laughs> so the people can hear you. Now, one of Nick and I's favorite albums in 2019 was Ventura by Anderson Pack, And this person was involved with one of my favorite songs on that album, Come Home. Um, but that's not where it stops. She contributed to Coloring Book by Chance the Rapper, Wake Up by John Legend and The Root. She touched the Grammy stage the same year that she was part of a Grammy-winning album, touching the stage with Alicia Keys. Within a week, she was on the Super Bowl stage with J-Lo and Shakira from Cleveland, backing up Kanye Doss, doing the thing for quite some time. And this is a name that you all should know already, but if not, you are going to hear it very, very soon. We have the incredible Norell here with us. How are you, Norell? Well, I mean, I'm doing amazing after that introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, we be intro. We be intro on our guests. You know, I mean, I you. appreciate that. Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here, and I'm looking forward to the episode. So, thank you guys for having me. It is. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We have a fun conversation coming up for y'all. But you know, before that, we got some shout outs to do. So, shout out to all the listeners tapping in first time listeners returning listeners even last time listeners whether you like boxers or briefs marcus or markeef now that's that's a very basketball niche reference you gotta you gotta watch hoops to know what we talking about there so marcus or markeef quotes or retweets and lyrics or beats let's 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 hear your thoughts on them comparisons i'm a boxer brief person okay so I do bo- we're going with that so we're going hybrid <laughs> I'm Marcus because Marcus on the Clippers. Let's go Clippers. Let's go, baby. Uh, quotes or retweets? I always quote because I feel like that's when you can add your two cents to whatever is being said. 
So I, <laughs> I, you know, every now and then I just retweet some, but most of the time I quote, so I can, I want to add to the conversation. Then okay. lyrics or beats. Ooh, it really depends on the mood. It depends on the genre for me. I think it okay. depends on the genre, but ooh, I'm, you know, as a musician, I'm gonna go with beats for today. Okay. Okay. How about you, Norrell? Do any of these comparisons really stick out to you? Anything you just like, well, nah. Top, Marcus or Marquise, tomato, tomato. I don't know either of them, so I have no taste <laughs> on that. But boxers or briefs, I don't know. Um, as long as they're clean, doesn't really matter. You know, <laughs> right. as long as <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, um, Quotes or retweets. Wait, I'm missing one. Quotes oh, or retweets. Oh, all day, because... I have to add my two cents. I can't just retweet it. Like right, right. I'm, I, I'm retweeting it because something about it resonates with me. You know what I'm saying? So I want to be part of the conversation. So I need to add as well. So exactly. the quote, exactly. hands down, and lyrics or beats. Oh, that's it. Mm. yeah. See, that was like a that's, no. That's tough. That's that was, tough. That's hard. I'm okay. I'm gonna say beats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I want to say lyrics. It, but what catches me, what, okay, thing, what catches me first is the music, you know what I'm saying? Course, like yeah. that is what I gravitate to first. So that's why I'm choosing beats because I feel like you have to like really listen intently to to yeah. connect to the lyrics, you know? So so beats. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Lyrics <laughs> always last for me when I create. So it's always they always come last. Yeah. Me, so. yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Well, exactly. Love that. Love that insight. Love that. Um, <laughs> we want to also shout out Megan Taylor Jordan for joining us last week. Incredible episode, CEO of Village Music Group. If you haven't listened, make sure I go back and listen to that and listen to every episode this month. Swaggy C, Olivia, Shout Hope. We've had some, we've had some gems here. It's been a great Women's History Month for the busy boys. Um, pretty great week for me personally. Debuted on Pitchfork. Uh, very exciting. You may have heard of it. You may have heard of it. Pick Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank Let's you. Go. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Adds the the applause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I missed that. We might have to get the drops back. I miss having I miss the drops of the, of, of the drops live to feed them. Cool. Wow. You, wow. You, you you were a menace with the drops though. Like like I'll, I'll, I'll be trying to get my points off, and Nick would just be on that button. Boom. Yo, let, right. let me finish. Let me finish. Right, right, right. But um, I'm but yeah. Good, but I can do that. Eleven. <laughs> I said I'm new here, but I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's our yeah, dynamic. That's right. That's right. Um, also appeared on the Culture Talks podcast. Um, really exciting time. Got to talk about my family. Like usually when I go on these podcasts, they talk to me about journalism and everything in music and i've talked about it so many times i love it so i don't mind it but this guy really got into my background my family and like so you get to learn a, l- a little bit more about me so that episode is available um i'll be sure to link it on my social media for y'all to check out um of course we want to shout out our vp of everything kieran hurley holding it down the man that you cannot see but you can feel him. you feel him in your soul you feel yeah. him through, through your zoom you feel him through your ig stories and you, and the tweets you feel him everywhere um, of course, Anchor, our distribution platform. If you do not know, Anchor will distribute your podcast for free to all streaming platforms, and you can get some sponsored ads regardless of your listenership. And Zoom, allowing you to see our beautiful, black, melanated, hydrated faces. Norell is glowing over there on Zoom. You can feel, feel, you. The, glow, feel the illumination. <laughs> um, and so just her glow alone lets us over know. me right now. You, you feel it's me? washing like, over me, her glow. <laughs> you, you feel it like it's this is just gonna be a great time so i'm i'm, I'm ready to get into it 
Um, something quick I want to touch on, actually, because we didn't get to talk about it. This man, Drake, on the Hot 100, Billboard Hot 100, he debuted number one, number two, number three. All tracks from Scary Hours 2, in order. What's Next, Wants and Needs, and Lemon Pepper <laughs> Freestyle. Um, and me and Norell in our interview, we talked about how like she had she had those tracks on repeat. She really loved them. Yeah. A lot of people seem to really like those songs. And this is oh, this yes. is the thing about Drake. Drake talked about it in his, I believe his 2016 conversation with Zane Lowe. You're not supposed to get his music early on. So the people who are like immediately trash songs and they come back like, oh, I actually like that. I just need more time to listen to it. That's that's his intent. He he's he he makes stuff that you have to kind of sit with and enjoy for a little longer. And so to see how well those three songs resonated immediately like nine he sold 970k off three songs with very little promotion like it's it's absolutely insane and um and so norell mentioned you know how he continues to impress her like no matter how much he does no matter how long he's been in the game he continues to impress her and like you're not alone in that like even me as a huge fan i'm like wow he's still doing this people are still invested and just to have the first three spots on the Billboard charts, like That's crazy. <laughs> Drake, Drake, Drake on, on the top <laughs> ten, it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Who would have thought hip hop could take us this far? Mm-hmm. You spit, my brother. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was an exciting uh, week last weekend for music with the 2021 Grammys. As we know, the, they were delayed a few months. Um, you know, it, 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 they, they definitely followed guidelines. It was socially distanced, not many people there, just, you know, the winners and the performers and all that. And one thing I did like, cause I'm, I'm going to lead with love. I like those little video spots they had, or they had certain artists kind of explaining, you know, how they felt yeah. about the yeah, win yeah. and talking about like maybe the song that was up and just all the, their motivation, like Meg's video was really cool. The baby's video was cool. Um, and then though those pre-recorded performances as well, like Anderson Pack and Bruno's performance, mm-hmm. that was probably my favorite performance of of. We're of gonna have a whole thing. little line to talk about it. We're gonna have a whole <laughs> line to talk about that. Just yeah, keep going I mean, over on the overall general stuff. Keep going with that. <laughs> um, and I, I I was really happy for Meg. Meg walked away with three three awards, I believe, three or four awards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, her. Her, of course, you you know her gonna get her a Grammy. Like her, hers right. pulling up. You know her gonna get she her. A stay Grammy. with a Grammy. She keep yeah. a Grammy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so there were there were those were the two that that I was uh really like happy about and invested in. Were, were there any winners for y'all that y'all were super happy to see walk away with, with anything? Narell, did you have any? Yeah, for me it was Megan hands down. I um you know I was. I was personally invested in the performance because I had a couple friends performing with her as well. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, were super excited about it and I loved them. So I was happy for them, you know, to be there. And I knew all the hard work they were putting in for the performance, you know, but just as a, as a woman in the music industry, I connect with a lot of Megan's story, you know, like mm-hmm. just things she's been through, you know, her losing her mom. And it just, it seemed, I'm just so happy to see her vindicated on so many levels and to get this, um, these accolades, you know, and to get the this recognition and just to see her on her path and um, seeing how it's paying off for her is really incredible. And I'm inspired. So for me, I, I was rooting for Megan and I'm happy that she walked away with three for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was great to see her win. I mean, getting the, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was going to also it? say um, Tara Thomas. She is a writer. Yes, she, she wrote Song of the Year. Yeah, like I got hip to her years before she was even featured on that Wale song that Rihanna actually ended up redoing the hook for. Um, but like I've been following her story too so to see that like I'm just inspired to see all these people that are on the same you know grind and path as me so I'm like okay like I just gotta I just gotta stay diligent and stay focused and you know it can happen for me too so I was really happy for them specifically it was inspiring (laughs) very inspiring to see Megan kind of get her flowers like I saw this tweet today I was talking about you know like Megan's face she was so surprised it was basically why was she so surprised and then the quote tweet shout out to quote tweet was like I mean she's considering all she that she's gone through the way she's been killing consistently since 2016 all of the misogynistic things that she's been able to avoid and you know overcome and then all the situations that she's been in the media it's like and kind of being acknowledged in a timely fashion for her art, yeah. which was a, a huge thing. So, like, of course she's surprised because women don't typically get the, the shine and the love that they're supposed to get, yeah. uh, especially in a timely manner. So that was great. But for me, I, w- I really wanted to highlight and point out uh, Kate Trinata. Kate Trinata mm. winning in, in the dance oh, yeah, category, yeah. which was huge. I mean, he's he's very important to our, our culture. Um, and I really wanted to take a moment to give him his flowers because... He uh, he was also nominated for Best New Artist. Of course, Meg got it, but well-deserving of it. But he won Best uh, Dance Album, and that was the first time a, a Black artist has won that? Yeah, I was, think it hasn't even been nominated, I think. Which is, yeah, that's probably true as well, which is yeah. shocking to me, because considering that we, we started dance. And that's, I've said this before, <laughs> like in conversations, like, you know, it, it's interesting how like certain people in the culture don't, listen to certain genres or they write them off as oh this genres that that's white or that's commercial that's that i'm like you have been lied to so long to not realize that that is people have been taken from us so long and taking our stuff and repackaging and you don't realize what is ours dance music is ours it comes from you know the detroit scene and all the sort of things that we've been involved in for a long time so i was just very happy to see him doing that i've been a huge fan of his for a very long time bubba was on replete um so also i was excited for dua lipa i really like her music yeah i always liked her music um so that that was great yeah now (laughs) let's get into things that either confused us or we didn't like (laughs) um i i am very happy for little baby's success i I'm, i'm a big fan of little baby i like the messaging of the the song the bigger picture I didn't like putting black trauma on such a major stage. Like I, I, I understood the intent. I understood what they're trying to get across, but it kind of, for me, it just served as a reminder of what this last, I would say year, but this last these last few centuries have been like for, for black people. Um, like, I, I think it was a very strong statement, but I, I don't, it was, it would just, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way um so yeah that was something that i was kind of a little eh on yeah um that was did you have a chance to see it in a row say that one more time did you have a chance to see the, the little baby performance um i didn't see it um yeah. i knew I, I saw some clips of it i didn't watch it in its entirety but i i, I was aware that tamika mallory was involved in yes. his, um, 
performance as well. And I didn't see it, but I did see something interesting. Um, Tamir Rice's mother supposedly had like a response to these performative acts um, by these artists and other, you know, Black leaders who are claiming to be, you know, in positions to benefit um, Black families who find themselves in these unfortunate situations. But, you know, seemingly so, not really following through with whatever they're promising them and kind of using it to, um, you know, as leverage for their own, you know, agenda. So I was, I was really shocked to see um, her response because she seems very um, sure <laughs> about her choice of words and very sure about her position, you know. So um, I didn't watch it. Um, I feel like I was busy on Sunday and I just, yeah. I, I watched what I wanted to watch on YouTube, you know. Sorry, guys, but um, I didn't get to watch it, you know, in its entirety. But um, I, that was interesting to see uh, Tamir Rice's mother's response to, you know, something that on the performer's end, they see as, you know, something good, like, let's get the word out. But, you know, I I don't know. I don't know that I have a position in it, really, because mm. I didn't because I didn't see it, you know. And to be honest with you guys, I really do try to unplug from the news because yeah. it's just like this consistent regurgitated story and I don't I'm not subscribing to that you know like I'm creating my own reality and I know the media you know um fabricates things also <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't really I try to like stay out of it really right. so um but a lot of people's response you know to it was that it was really powerful so um so yeah I don't know yeah, I don't, I don't we, have we could we could leave it there. That's great. I think that's okay. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Uh, how about uh, how about uh, either of you? Were there things that you didn't like or just eh? On, I you know I always wanted to see I want to see my girls Chloe and Hallie get something. Yeah, I to see yeah, them get something. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's too early, but uh, I don't know. Uh, shout out Beyonce, of course, becoming the most. You know, winningest artist yeah. there ever was. They, uh-huh. they, they made sure to let us know, like, she just tied it. Like, she's on stage with Meg. They're like, oh, Beyonce just tied it. And then she won for Black Parade. And- yeah, they wasn't going to fold on that. They had the opportunity. They was going to give it to her right then. And yeah. Then. So, yeah. That was great. That was great. Other than that, uh, yeah. You know what? I just remembered. I had another qualm. And... I'm a fan of this guy. Well, we talked about him very favorably last week. John Legend winning R&B album of the year over Giveon. Oh, well, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Huge John Legend fan. I, I, love, I love John Legend. We, we have someone here who, who has worked with him, so there's no absolutely no disrespect whatsoever. Bigger love, though, as an album. Like, I, I think Take Time is just way way more enjoyable a lot better now you know john legends he's been in this game for a while he's you know very respected by everyone on the grammy committee so like i get it but it, it just and i'm very like Gibeon being nominated was a big deal because that was something that we wondered going in we're like oh is he even going to get a nomination so him being nominated is incredible like that means he'll probably be up there again next year but Maybe. i just feel like for that john legend album uh, uh, I don't know. Okay, I and for those who are listening to this, they're talking about like what's Armand talking about? 
I understand what you mean. John Legend is my personal goat. So, I mean, yeah. like I have a, like a trifecta. I've met yeah. two others and John Legend is the last one I have to meet. <laughs> so he's like my <laughs> personal goat. So I will never slander him. I'll, I'll yeah. be honest, but I'll never it's, it's slander. slander. That's my goat. Yeah. Um, so I'm always happy for him. <laughs> but um, for me, I think, I, I guess I understand where people may feel like in a cultural sense, and I mean, we're also one part of the demographic to us younger Black folks, right? So we're one yeah. part, you know, like the oh, mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of older Black folks that I talk to that my friends, my cousins, they're like, I don't know who Giveon is, right? Or they maybe heard one song. It doesn't mean that right. you can't take away from what he's done for us, I think, in our age range. So I think it's more so like our age range, I don't think nobody was really listening and running back to Bigger Love bigger love right they were more so we were more so focused on the give on at the time but i don't know if we could say the same for the probably the um we would say like 30 plus 30 plus you know uh, age range so far as like, how old are you how, how old do you think we are i've been i think you know, how old do you think asking, i am you're giving me you're giving me like you're giving me like 33 okay i'll take 33 are, are, are you confirming or denying? <laughs> I'll say it. I'll take it. <laughs> you'll take it. You'll take it. Uh, we're, okay. we're, we're, we're both 25. Wow. You you're little you're babies. Baby. <laughs> yeah, see, see, there it was. There it was. See, I'm in this face in my life. Like, that's so funny. I work today. I just got a so quick aside. I feel like there's, in my life at least, and I mean, I've been, there's been some older women that I guess have been giving me energy when I go certain places. And so I go and I feel like I, I act older, but I look, I guess, in that certain range where like, how old is this? I don't know how old he is. And so I'd be at the cusp of lying, but I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie because the conversation would be great. We'd be vibing. And all of a sudden she goes, boom. So how old are you? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> because i know if i say the right age we're gonna continue but if i don't <laughs> this is this is your baby and then yeah. so, well because you the age group you were giving you said 30 and up and i was like 30 and up well how old are y'all if you're if you know so yeah. but 25 is definitely a baby it's okay yeah. it's okay <laughs> nothing wrong with being a baby do you know what's funny? I'm learning. I've heard it's gre- it's the grass is greener on the 30 and over side. Like yes. everyone says, it's like your 20s is like what your tw- you think your 20s is supposed to be, but you now you have money and you still have youth. <laughs> like you can do everything you wanted to do in your 20s, but now you have money and you have youth and you're you have more knowledge of life. Yeah. Everything. So, but that was just a quick yeah. aside. I love the quick asides. <laughs> that yes. Sorry, guys. No, it's all good. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm not because compl- I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see John, John win. And you know, I'm not the guy who complains about Grammy snubs. I'm not in- emotionally invested. But for me, it was just like, mm, did, 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 did it have to? Like, it, it's kind of like the Nick, the conversation you and I had about her. Like, her had two yeah. songs nominated in in one category. In, same, in one category. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's like, like y'all. We can find some other love to share, and I mean, I mean, I know it's a voting situation, but I mean, y'all, dang, come on! And I want her to win all the time. Oh, yes. So like, yeah. there's so many artists out here that are contributing to the culture. Like, let's you know, give her a nomination. That's great. Give her one category. Okay, now she got one of the many. Like, yeah. let's keep it moving. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, go, go ahead. Yeah. She said, no, "Spread the love." 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Um, but I saw some interesting talk on the timeline. Like, I've never thought this way, but like, you know, like, obviously, the, the, they're the major Grammy Awards, like the, the core four, you know, record of the year, song of the year, overall album of the year. Um, what's, what's the fourth one? I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting right now. Producer? But, You're talking about producer of the year. Yes, yes, yes. And then there are the, the other Grammy Awards. And someone said, like, you know, specifically towards like black fans and uh, and fans of black artists like y'all get so excited about these black artists winning these grammys when they're not winning the major grammys and i was like well damn like i, I thought a grammy was a grammy like obviously they're the, the core four like it's amazing to take home a core four but to like subjugate a non-core four grammy it just kind of kind of felt weird so 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 you two being artists who make music for yourselves like for you it being nominated or you know being a part of, of a winning winning album like w- w- would you hold like a core four one like like let's say you didn't win a core four one w- would you look at it as oh yeah cool i got this but i wanted a core f-. like how did you guys look at grammys in different tiers or is it just i don't think that way Nora, please you start <laughs> um you know i think i think everybody wants to win the championship you know what i'm saying you guys i was like just sports. about to go to sports yes <laughs> see you know we're here um you know everybody wants to win the championship ring everybody wants to win the super bowl like they want to win the best of the best so i would never be ungrateful like i'm not ungrateful for my certificate of participation but what i love an actual you know grammy like yeah of course so when i get that Am I going to want a top four? Yeah, sure. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, this is nothing. I want that. But it, I don't know. It's like, I have this, but I also want that. Like, I want, I of want, course. The, top, I want the top award. Of for course. Sure. No, I, I highly agree. But I, I look at it as the capacity of, and this is not me thinking like, you know, uh, being in a complacent mindset, Will, but it's like, how many, if you think the sports, how many people can say they never won a ring, whatever, but how many people can say they even been to a Western conference finals, Eastern conference finals? Like how many people can even say they've been far to a finals appearance? Like how many people can say that? Right. Whether you won or not, like there's so many times, like, you know, people were on LeBron before he won, like, but it's like, he's gone to the, the he's always gone to the finals. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And so there's, if you like it back to music, I think even being there, being nominated, uh, says something about whatever you've done. And I think I've seen a lot of conversation on Twitter is that a weird, a odd thing about the Grammys is that they consistently acknowledge people who were like, the first time you hear about them is when you see the denominations. And I think that that's an interesting thing that might be on the good side of what the Grammys can do and what they do is that there are artists who may not be the most commercial or may not be the most, if you will, highest charting, tour selling, whatever artist, but still get that level of recognition for their art because a lot of the artists, the art be fire. Like, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of artists that even myself that I didn't hear bef- before um, in some of the other categories. I was just like, oh, who's this person? Like Black Pumas, I wasn't really tapped in, but. I had listened, ran their stuff back. I'm like, oh, they're tough. You know, they but they were in the overall categories. So I always like to see, you know, creative, especially black creatives get that shine in any genre. And we also got to show like black people in other genres, right? Like because it's a black person, you've never heard of them because they don't do R&B or hip hop, but they're an alternative or they're in rock or they're mm-hmm. in pop. Like that's important for us to yeah. be in many categories because we do all types of things. We're not a monolith. We all don't just do hip hop and R&B. So I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Appreciate that input. Um, next chat topic. 
Bieber Veli, Justin Bieber, Henny Bieber. Uh, he had a tiny desk performance this past week. Um, very, Bieber very, Bieber Valley, uh, very, it, it was, it was enjoyable. Like hearing Bieber in that unplugged kind of setting, more acoustic type stuff. Really cool. I mean, you know, like him or not, Bieber's talented, dance, sing, plays instruments. Um, and, and it converts very well to that live setting where it's no gimmicks, no auto tune. You just got to sing. He, he sings, he does it very well. Um, and then he released his album justice this past week. Um, for me, I got, I got through it twice. It was interesting that he kicked off with the Martin Luther King portion, and then he had a whole Martin Luther King interlude. But if you listen to <laughs> the, the rest of it, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's 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 laugh worthy. But what, what are we doing? And it's he wants the R and B awards. He does, he does. But the album wasn't R and B. Like it had like two r&b type tracks it was very much so a dance pop type album and you know the music is cool i enjoy that type of music but for me it's just like he's done that so much like it didn't really stand out to me these are songs that he had made before i did like a few songs a lot i like the song with khalid as i am peaches with Giveon and daniel caesar was really good i preferred the acoustic version of it that he did on tiny desk but it was still really good i, I thought give yeah. could have got a longer verse on that um the track with the kid Leroy, i think that's unstable that was really good like the, the back half of the album was a lot stronger to me than the beginning but none of it aligned with the whole martin luther king vibes he was giving like you know he had this whole social social justice rollout but none of the songs really spoke on anything social justice like so i was just like it's it's you know it's, it was clearly like uh, an, an intentional the thorough plan but it just the music didn't necessarily match up to the energy that was being given pre-rollouts so i was just like what what am i supposed to feel because you're not singing about social justice like uh, I, and then the last song on the album lonely featuring benny blanco was his like talking about how he messed up as a kid with the you know one less lonely nigger thing that he sang, sang and people judging him for that and how he felt like he had no one to lean on. It was like, okay, this is your like sympathy grab song, but it just, it, it just didn't, it, it didn't convert. Like I, I didn't really feel anything from the album itself. Hmm. Yeah. Just, just some cool music at the end of the day. Nick. <laughs> y'all, are y'all getting me kissing my teeth? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, um, Okay, I'll speak on the R&B thing, like, because it's really, I find it interesting, like, yeah, he can do all the pockets, he can do the, you know, he has a lot of people, he's had, he, Pooh Bear orchestrated his career, Tricky Stewart, he's had a bunch of people, all, you know, besides the ushers and the babyface, all the people who've been behind him in his corner, trying to, you know, curate his sound, if you will. Um, I guess my kind of eye roll start with, with him, with, um, uh, I did enjoy his tiny desk, but the I the eye roll started kind of when he was you know came out after the changes that whole situation and was like I made an R and B album so I just don't understand why it wasn't a part of the R and B category blah 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 and you know all this sort of stuff and then to go to this album where it has no real R and B feel and none of that it's just like you think you can just come in here and just go grab, take up the R&B category? Like, this is a lifestyle, bro. You can't, if you really want that, you need to go for that and, like, try to come true to that sound. And I feel like now he's in this sort of interesting rebirth where I feel like I don't know which way he's trying to go. And that's 
you know, that's on him. I, that, I wish him the best for that, but I just find it interesting. Like when I think about something like him, it's just like, who are you? Like, who do you speak for? And you don't speak for us. So why do you do these sort of things that like seem that almost pandering, you know, and I'm not really trying to, I'm not trying to light him up, you know, like, I, that's just not i don't really care enough but but it does I, feel like this, pandering though it it feels it's like it i'm does. listening to i'm in the whip listen to i'm like why he got mlk on here for it's a weird thing nothing and then nothing has any sort of like social just <clears throat> feel or like nothing has that feeling i'm just like what was that for you know yeah. it seems almost like careless or meaningless like kind of the way he just kind of picks and chooses where he wants to use stuff or say certain things and I mean, it is what it is. But if, you know, you want to, you, you kind of he speaks to, you know, being an artist of impact. And he's done a bunch of good things in his career. Like, uh, you know, he's donated a lot to philanthropy and all this sort of thing. So I can't knock him for the work because the work is there. But yeah. I think when the things you say don't really line up with the work, you get to start to questioning and sort of wondering, especially someone who, like, wants our attention so bad. You yeah. know, someone who wants our love and our validation, you want that check mark so bad from the black community. It's like, well... <laughs> You know, then then act like, you know, be a guest, act like the proper guest for the yeah. other many, you know, white folks who have come into our space and know they place, know their place as a guest, take their shoes off in the house, say <laughs> please and thank you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Don't make, they clean up after themselves. They are guests. They can stay. You always welcome to come. We get you a plate too. Mm-hmm. But you're a guest, you know? Yeah. And he's the one that comes in. It's like, who brought this friend in here? <laughs> and so, I don't know. That's just how yeah. I feel. Yeah, and like he gave us like a like everyone was expecting journals Bieber. Like that's that black people love journals Bieber. That's you know when he gave us Hold Tight and all those classic records on that album and like he gave us a little taste of it. So like you you could tell he he was trying to keep us reeled in but he didn't give us enough to really connect with us. It was all just pop type stuff and you know pop's not bad. I have no problem with pop, but it, it just nothing about this album really felt any different than anything he'd made before and he he, as you said he departed from the r&b stuff that he felt so strongly about months ago he felt so strongly about it and then it's like well why wouldn't you give us another album like that if if you're if you're really an r&b ber like be r&b ber but he he went back to I don't, I don't have a funny nickname for it right now, but just yeah, I'm just. <laughs> I wish him the best. We're gonna wrap up on him for sure, for sure, for <laughs> sure. Um, some quick music hits in this chat. Uh, Benny the Butcher and Harry Fraud dropped plugs. I met two nine track project features from Rick Hyde, Fat Joe, Two Chains, French Montana. Uh, good project, definitely say check that out. Joyce Rice dropped her project Overgrown. Heard some very very great things Shout about out that. Yeah, shout out to D-Mile doing his thing, as always, behind the boards. Um, and last, yes, yes, yes. Um, and lastly, we got a new single from our, our guy, comes up almost every episode, G, Brother Jesus Shuttlesworth, featuring Stats, new single WMB, with songwriting from our very own co-host, executive producer, Nick Early, on the panel. What's up, y'all? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hearing Adam applause right there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It it feels great to. That's something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to get into like, you know, writing for other artists and even artists I'm coming up with. Just being able to kind of put my pen here and there because as a producer and a writer, you know, I'd be in the studio. I'm like, dang, 
this doesn't fit me, but this could fit somebody I know. And when you have those people around you, you're like, oh, it'll fit them perfect. And then you deliver it the right way and and they go for it. I just I just love it. Um, but I, I wrote on the hook for this one. Um, but you know, because rappers should write their own raps, but that's another <laughs> side. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, I wrote on the hook. It was, it was it's a nice experience, and you got a project coming out. Jesus pieces coming very soon, so I, I'm excited to uh, uh, to to really really get into that because I have some more in on the project. So yeah, yeah, amazing, congratulations, amazing. thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Love it, love it. Well, all that excitement and talking, you know it got us parched. So brother, what you <laughs> sipping on? You know me, I'm sipping on that mud. Shout out mud. Yo, mud water. What's up? Y'all get at me. You know what it is. We like this. I've been enjoying this product. It's my second second month on this product. Um, for those who have just tuned in and are just understanding, mud water is a coffee alternative product. I wasn't such a huge coffee person, but I've always been a tea person. Um, so this is a tea. It's like a tea blend. Got masala chai, black tea, ginger, cardamom, cloves, nutmeg, black pepper, cacao, lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, reishi, cinnamon, turmeric for the anti-inflammatory and Himalayan salt. So I'm real big into, you know, the the natural herbal remedies and stuff like that. And so this keeps me right. It's a nice little bit of boost of energy without a crash. So shout out to Mudwater. Mudwater, come hydrate me for life. Let's get a lifetime thing going on. But anyways... Our half and half is coming out of musicbusinessworldwide.com. Something that's so interesting to me, and I love this space, the real business side, the tech, the sort of distribution side of things is happening. And this is a really interesting partnership here. We got two emerging, burgeoning characters in the in the space of the distribution as well as streaming space. DistroKid Inc.'s partnership with music streaming and discovery platform AudioMac. This is by Murray Stass, and shout out to Murray Stass and always providing us with some great information. So for those who don't know, uh, DistroKid is a digital distribution platform or service. Basically, if you're an artist, you uh, submit your music with them, you make a profile, and then that's where you submit your music so that it can be played on all the digital streaming platforms, the DSPs like Spotify, Apple, Tidal, so on and so forth. So they act as sort of that liaison for independent artists to be able to put their music out. There's so many other ones too as well. And then Automac is a DSP. It's an upcoming DSP that's really moving very quickly and getting a lot of rappers and people, a lot of streams, and they have a great community. Um, and so uh, shout out to Automac as well. We had uh, we had our, our friend come on the podcast and talk from from audio max so it was really exciting uh we so uh, i wanted to share about this because a lot of artists nowadays are sort of trying to figure out ways to get their music heard and audio mac has been for a lot of people a, a great music discovery program i know me and armand were talking about that before uh off off camera that he's been finding some new music on audio mac so basically what they have of course they sub- secured the partnership with them. So this is the first time that Audiomack has formed an integrated partnership with the direct-to-artist music distributor. So Audiomack right now has more than 17 million monthly active users and has been popular in, in emerging markets, like specifically the African continent. So Warner Music signed a licensing deal with Audiomack for key African territories, including Ghana, Kenya, Nigeria, South Africa, and Tanzania in, in November of 2020, after the becoming the first major label to sign a deal with the platform back in August 2019. So Kid uh, recently also teamed up with Snapchat to let artists distribute their music to the social platform. And of course they have 265 million daily active users. Um, 
So I'm really excited for this because I want to see how uh, artists and with the new integrations allowing DistroKid members to connect to their Audio Mac account and whatnot. Because when we think about, you know, I'm sure Narelle, I would love to hear your your speaking about this. I don't know what distributor you use. Which one do you use? DistroKid. Oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Wonderful. So I'm tuned in. I'm listening. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So great. Yeah. So. Um, of course, they're processing over 35,000 tracks a day. It's a third of the new music in the world is distributed by its platform, which is crazy to think about. And so I'm, I'm curious to hear, you know, for Nora, how does just something like this sound to you when you think about distributors now teaming up with DSPs to sort of in, you know, in favor of the artists to help them get their music heard even more? What are your thoughts about that? I think it's great. I think it, you know, gives us more leverage as independent artists to um, gain a, a, a broader audience, you know, to reach more people. Um, you have, I feel like you have like real independent artists like myself who are just like really out here grinding out. You have some indie artists that aren't trying to a deal but have distribution like through Empire, you know, so something like this, I feel will help independent artists like myself who have absolutely no deal, no backing, no anything you know, like I said, to reach a, a wider audience to get more people's ears to our music. So I think it, it's an incredible partnership. And I'm, um, I actually didn't know about it before, you know, you, yeah. you just mentioned it. So I think that's amazing. And I'm, I'm excited to, to see how, how that pans out and how it works. Um, I'm new to Audio Mac, uh, just now really becoming mm -hmm. familiar with that platform. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited. And that, that makes me happy because more streams, um, although it's small, it's a little more change. So, <laughs> right, right, right. I'm happy about that. <laughs> no, no, it's important. I mean, a lot of artists are going yeah. up on Audio Mac. Uh, a, lot, yeah. a few people I've heard are, you know, people that you would be surprised. Like, they may not be going up anywhere else, but they're going up on Audio Mac. And what's interesting, too, is, yeah. you know, with I think people who don't obviously do this don't understand how important playlisting is. And so they do have some curated playlists there as well that have been getting people a lot of streams and a lot of attention. So shout out to Audiomack for being a real uh, artist first platform. I mean, we need more of those. So this is a great integration and a great partnership that I'm really excited for. So we'll see what they do. And hopefully it benefits you, Norel, using this. Yes. So that would right, be amazing. That, right. That's our half and half for y'all. <laughs> Mudwater, get at me, y'all. <laughs> I gave you a free roll. Boom. That's facts. That's facts. Content for days from the busy boys. Uh, we want to shout out our employee of the month once again, my homegirl, Injira Perkins. So, as we said over the weeks, Injira Perkins is both a journalist and a publicist. She is the editor in chief for the fourth quarter with bylines in Afrotech, Shadow and Act, Daily Rap Facts, The Gumbo, and many more platforms. She's also an RB lover vinyl collector, really kind soul, super supportive on the timeline, and always advocating for R&B, which I love more than anything. Because like we've said so many times, there is a lot of great R&B out here. That in mind, we are going to jump into our slide deck. So let's hear some tunes. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. All right. So. We're going to start with our guest. What did you bring for us to play, Norelle? So I had to take this opportunity, shameless plug, but I brought myself, literally. <laughs> <No shame. laughs> and I'm going to play, like um, thank 
you. I'm going to play my latest single, Back Into You, which I personally love. Like, if it wasn't my song, I would still listen to it. Because mm -hmm. just to be honest, like, by the time an artist releases music, it's old to us. We're tired of hearing it. We've been listening to it over and over hundreds, again, listening to hundreds, different mixes. Right. It's just like, I want to put the song out and I want it away from me. But, like, this song, <laughs> I still, like, I'll put it on in my car and play it on repeat. Like, I'm listening to one of my favorite artists. So, um, I genuinely do love it. I love it a lot. Nice. Can you tell us who, who produced it? We want to always give the producers love. Sure. Too. Absolutely. So um, I've been working kind of exclusively with Mr. Dimension out of Dallas, Texas. Okay. Um, he's originally from London um, mm -hmm. and his family is Nigerian from London. He moved to Dallas maybe, uh, I want to say maybe three or four years ago and uh, maybe five. I don't remember, but we've been working like exclusively for the past Very couple nice. of years. And I teamed up um, for this again and um Interestingly enough, the, the inception of the song, I had some production from a different song that I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not feeling that anymore, but I don't want to lose the strings because the strings were just so beautiful. So I was like, let's figure out a way to implement that production, like use that as a foundation to kind of build on it. So right. that's how Back Into You came about. Like we started with the strings and just kind of like build the, product, build the production around that. And um, yeah, that's how we got there. So Mr. Very nice. Real quick, yeah. be, before we get into it, plug whoever mixed it, and then we'll get right into it. He mixed it as well. He oh, okay. It, he mixed it. He mastered it. <laughs> Very nice. Everything. Fire. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Karen, yeah. play Back Into You by Norell. It's been a long time Since you've been around my way I'm glad you came Ooh. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't thinking about you Almost every day Driving me insane why you wanted to save them strings <laughs> ah, that was fire thank Ooh. you thank you i appreciate yes, that yes, yes. we love that love that thank love that you. what was the story about so tell me about the story like <laughs> the writing 
So the story, when I write, I always come up with the melody first. Like after we do the production, I'll lay down the melody and sometimes words will just kind of come out, you know, as I'm laying down mm-hmm. the melody, coming up with melody ideas. Mm-hmm. And so um, I actually came up with the hook first. And then I said, it sounded like tease me. So I was like, okay, how can I implement tease me? And um, yeah. I, I said, I came up with when you tease me with your promises. So basically somebody that's lying and not being yeah, honest, yeah. you know, in their communication. Mm-hmm. And so um I was like, well, what what, situ- what personal situation can I draw from to make this like a real experience? So I just kind of went into my mental Rolodex and uh, a situation in particular came to mind. I was like, okay, I'll talk about this. And so yeah. it really just is about, you know, kind of being um, entrapped in this emotional mm-hmm. <laughs> situation with somebody who was toxic and not good for you. Like, you know, they're playing games, you know, they're lying, but it's just like this this energy that you share with this person that makes it hard to let go, even though you know what it is. So that's why it's titled, you know, back into you. And it's, you know, the cycle of dealing with somebody, you know, you don't have no business dealing with because, you know, it just, it feels good. Don't read me like that, Narelle. (laughs) (laughs) Did nobody nobody tell you to read me like that? (laughs) Did nobody tell you to do that? (laughs) I knew one of of you would relate. (laughs) Yeah, no. Oh God. Yes. Relate. Oh yeah. Well, that's the story. But anyways. Thank uh, you. I guess I guess I'll get into mine. Yeah. <laughs> well, this song is actually a song I came across uh, from an artist that I actually personally know. Um, and we haven't t- spoken in a while, but this was great to hear her doing her thing. Uh, an artist out of I believe she's from Rockland County, New York. Um, an amazing singer that I actually had shared a stage with uh, back to when I was doing major stage, shout out major stage, um, when I performed, we opened up for Simone. Uh, so this is So Deep by Brianna Knight, an amazing singer. I love her. This is produced by Mass Man. Shout out to Brianna. If I could just lay down, surround sound. But yeah, one day we can kick back and relax I just want to chill with you Drop down the car with a view Look at the sunset in two Picture perfect frames stuck to you like you Everlasting like eternal magic You got me so deep in my hands You're addictive to me A highway you're sailing I want you Understand me No more Morse code Read my mind like a genie Oh my Grant me my wishes for life Give it back in due time So deep In my hands You're down to me I with no ceiling I want you I want you She was, she was, 
That's dope. Yes, Brianna Knight. We love I love that. how love that. I love how both the songs R and B and like super bass heavy. That's dope. I yep. love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh. unintentional, but I loved it. I love. I it. know. I love it's that. It's kind of sound now. What I'm I'm hearing an R and B. What I'm so excited for because, like you said, uh, I saw one of your interviews talking about live instrumentation, like being mm-hmm. so important. And I think yeah, it's just something that yeah, you can't the simplicity of a bass, something you can't recreate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love synth basses. I love 808s. But like, there's something about the live bass, hearing the the fingers slide between the notes. There's certain things yeah. you just can't do, but play the actual instrument. And so I love that Absolutely. the sound is, you know, there's people like D Mile, people like Camper, the people who are playing live instruments and put in so many others, of course. But yeah. those people that come to mind of, you know, really who were the kind of, I would say the stewards of the new R&B sound of the new age, you know, as we move forward, Absolutely. that we are incorporating live instrumentation back into the and back into the art form and i think that's so important mm-hmm. and that's what makes r&b so uniquely ours so i love that shout out brianna knight so deep Produced beautiful love that all right i will finish up i brought a track by an artist that i've, I've grown to like a lot um dug into her album early pandemic times you guys know what i was doing in the early pandemic in my room all day listening to r&b drinking wine um <laughs> every day very aggressively I love but I, it. you feel me you know the vibes but i sat with this album and it, it, it hit and this song in particular is one of my favorites so this is forfeit by kiana lede featuring lucky day produced by boston mike woods and patrick mcmanus all from rice and peas and Rourke or Rourke, Rourke, Rourke Bailey. I think it's Rourke, 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 Rourke. Okay, let's go, Rourke. <laughs> Vocal delivery. Uh, she was talking her shit on that record. Like, 
whoever who, whoever made her feel that way and heard that song they they, they had to be shaking to their core because she did not hold back anything very unfiltered very uh, you you got me fucked up you you whoever messed with her had her fucked up so yeah right 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 yeah but I, I i really love her tone like i i can't wait to see what what more she does i i don't know if i was late to her i don't i don't recall if she had any projects out prior to kiki but she didn't i don't think she did i think she had a few singles out but remember she right. got she got big off the, the the youtube covers uh doing a few mm-hmm. of the covers that like i think went crazy that's where i've heard of her right um, first but yeah yeah so i'm excited to see what she does next because I, I i really like her tone her voice and and yeah so Shout out to the woman, you know, a Stay Busy Woman's History Month. You all know you can find the Stay Busy playlist on all platforms. Hit the link tree in our IG bio. If you want to slide added, artists or listeners, hit us at Stay Busy Pod on IG or Twitter or email us at staybusypod at gmail.com. It's time for the main event. We have a very fun conversation coming with the homegrown Norrell. But before we get into the conversation, we got to play a quick game of auto reply. Auto um, reply. <laughs> See, that'd be a perfect time to have an auto reply drop. Yeah, but it's cool. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get, we there. We're gonna get that. <laughs> but Norel, how auto reply works is Nick and I are going to go back and forth saying a word, and you are going to say the first word, one word that comes to mind in, in response to that word. Are you ready? Do you want to take a drink? Stretch. I want to take exercises. And uh, is, is profanity um, allowed or no? Go, go ahead. Do your thing. If that, if that, I don't, I don't know reaction. what y'all are gonna say to me, so I don't. If the reaction, to <laughs> word, yes. and Nick, <laughs> <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? I already know. I already know it's gonna be you. I already know. It's light. Mm-hmm. It's it's really. I promise, we're not doing nothing crazy. Yeah. We we keep it neutral when we when we don't know how the guests will feel. I I kept it kind of neutral, but if the word right. invokes the uh an expletive <laughs> type reaction, <laughs> then. <laughs> An explicit reaction, then you gotta go with okay. it. That's natural. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. And, and do also keep in mind, Nick is a lying Sagittarius, so don't believe anything that he says. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> believe nothing. Is he? That is, is so wow. funny. Wow, <laughs> Sagittarius. That is hilarious. Wow. Uh, I'll start us off this week. So, Norel, your right. first word is surprises. Activity. Running. Wave. Surfboard. Surfboard. (laughs) Uh, Classic. Whitney Houston. Okay. Okay. Cleveland. Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Tone. Necessity. Period. Talk about it. Uh, blend. Mmm. Butter. Yes. And then lastly, Norel. Beauty. See, we Talk wasn't gonna have it. We wasn't gonna have you, you know, saying crazy stuff. You know, we just kept it. We kept it light. We, you know, it was light. It was we light. Kept it light. It we kept light. it light. Just a nice little uh, <laughs> zhuzh, a little. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, we are we are blessed to have Norell, artist, uh, singer, songwriter, backup vocalist, overall talent, um, and this is a unique 
conversation because again I did interview her last week and we, we got into quite a bunch so you all if you read the interview you've learned a lot but there's always a bunch a bunch more to talk about so uh one question I have and this might be a not there's no such thing as a stupid question shut up Armand anyway right. <laughs> so for for someone who's taken your path as both an artist but had a, a wealth of experience uh being a backup vocalist on tours for major names such as John Legend, Nicki Minaj, Rihanna, uh, Megan Trainor, Ella May. How does one get into being a backup vocalist? Is that something that you audition for? Is it, is it some, do people just find you, spot you at an open mic night and be like, hey, you, you're going to come join this person on tour. Like, how, how did that happen? And like, I, and from there, you know, the beginning, like, how did you just secure so many opportunities? So that's a two-fold question. So I'll start with how it unfolded for me, and then I'll answer your question about how people can get into it. So for me, um, when people ask me this question and I tell the story and I'm listening to it, it's like, wow, like I can't believe it unfolded for me that way. Like it, it's obviously, a, you know, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Like everything literally was divinely ordered the way that, you know, it, it happened. So my story goes like this. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I was singing background for Kanye Doss, an artist from Cleveland, Ohio. And um, but before that part, I grew up singing around the city, whether it be citywide choirs, gospel choirs, church, etc. And I was singing for a choir in particular, the 93FM WZAK Youth Choir. Um, that's yeah, the radio wow. station. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so singing in that choir... My family and I became close with, you know, some of the other kids. And as we grew older, we stayed close. One in particular is my son's godfather. His name is Andre Jones. And then um, another friend, his name is James Dorsey. So when I was in high school, they will always come over to my house. We had a studio at home. We We would record, right? You know, just work on music. James moved to Atlanta and he's a musician, he's a singer, writer, producer. So when he moved to Atlanta, he was getting acclimated on the music scene. And of course he was playing the music that he had previously worked on, which included the songs that I sang on. So a young gentleman, or gentleman rather, by the name of Derek McAllister, who is a keyboard player and also was the MD for Guy in Blackstreet at the time, he heard the songs. And so he was like, who is this, blah, 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 blah. So my friend James, you know, told him who I was. He connected him to my parents because I was young. I was still in high school at the time and he wanted to be respectful, you know, which I respect by reaching out to my parents first to show interest opposed to trying to contact me directly. So um, they were on tour. They had a show in Cleveland. So he invited my family and I to the show. We went to the show. Well, at the show, I met Man Man. His name is Eugene Man Man um, Roberts. He's a keyboard player and was also the MD for John Legend. So this was back in MySpace day. So Man Man and I, you know, we became friends. We kept in, in touch over MySpace and um, an opportunity presented itself for auditions for John. He wasn't doing an open call. It was kind of just like whoever you guys know and think would be good, you know, for, for the position, extend the invitation to them and tell them to come. So Man Man extended the invitation to me and Kanye literally just so happened to have a show in DC that same weekend. Like keep in mind, I'm a broke college kid, kid, you know what I'm saying? So at this point, it's like, if I have to get somewhere, I'm catching the Greyhound. Like, I don't have no money for flights. I'm just out here doing what I love to do, you know? So Kanye just so happened to have a show in D.C. the same weekend of the auditions and just so happened to be driving to New York 
after the show. So I was like, can I hitch a ride with you to New York? Because I'm trying to get to New York to go to these auditions. And of course she was like, sure. So I rode to New York with her after our show in DC. And I had a friend that was staying in Brooklyn at the time. So she dropped me off at a hotel in Jersey, like right before the bridge. So I'm like lugging my suitcase through New York City in the dead of winter. This is December of 2008. So I had to get on a bus from Jersey to from, from Jersey to um, Times Square. And then from Times Square, I had to catch maybe one or two trains to Brooklyn. And then when I got into Brooklyn, I had to lug my suitcase up the subway stairs and <laughs> yeah. through the city. Like I was, it was really, like I think back on these things and I'm like, wow, like I really, I, I really wanted this, you know, and I, and, and, and because I was doing the work, you know, I feel like God met me halfway and was like, I see, I see her dedication. I see her diligence. I see, you know, her passion. I see her heart on this matter, you know, so I'm going to bless her with this opportunity. So um, I got to New York, I got to Brooklyn. My friend was older than me. So she was like, let's go shopping. You have to go dress, dress as the part. And I was like, okay. So we went to H&M and she got, we, she picked me out this like, just like a black dress with some black tights and, you know, put me together. And I went back, we went back to the house. I did my last studying on the music and I was just like, I have to go to sleep to get some rest. And I just prayed and I said, if this is for me to let it be for me. I woke up the next morning, got dressed, went to the audition. I was the first one there, which is funny now because I'm <laughs> probably the last person where I need to be now, which is not good. But <laughs> that was just how eager I was, you know, like I was like, I need right. to get there. I need to be on time. I want to I want to show, you know, like I want to have a good first impression. I want to show that I'm serious about this. And I was sitting there for a long time before anybody, like the band, nobody was there but me. So I'm sitting there at SIR in New York waiting for this audition to start. And um, we went through the audition process. I don't remember how long it was. Um, they thanked everybody for coming. It, they, narrow, they narrowed it down throughout the day. And it was me and a couple other people. I don't remember who. Um, and I left. And as soon as I got in a taxi to go back to my friend's house, they called me and told me that I got the gig. And so that was my wow. first, my first um background singing experience um for John Legend's Evolver Tour in December 2008. Wow. So you 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 singing green light all day, every day. Yes. <laughs> yes. I still remember the choreo, everything. Yes. Right. That's so fire. So yes. do you remember what you sang? Do you remember what you said? Okay, yeah, absolutely. So we had to sing some of his songs, but they wanted right. us to come prepared with our own solo, I guess, you know, to show that we can do it. And I sang Yesterday by Mary Mary. <laughs> mm, oh, come on. Classic. I sang Yesterday by, by Mary Mary. Yep. Yesterday. <laughs> okay, you better invoke yep. that emotion. See, she knows. She I knows. did. I did. Yep. <laughs> That's fire. That's yep. fire. Do you have, I, as a singer, I have to ask. Sure. What is your advice to singers pre preparing for auditions for big tours and things like that? Like, what is to because be prepared. you're trying to match? Yeah, of course, be prepared. It's like, but you're like, you know, you're trying to match the artist. You're trying to make us, you know, give off a sound that you that they can hear would blend with theirs. But also, mm -hmm. you're trying to stand out. Like, how did you play between the nuance of that? To be completely honest with you, that was my first audition ever in life, and literally every gig I've gotten after that has been off a referral. Like, I have not had to wow. audition for any other gig I've done since then. Um, wow. Right. Exactly. So. I don't know. Like I, I, I went in there and I just sang. Like I, I, I go. was yeah, not yeah. even, I wasn't even aware of the art of being a background vocalist. So I didn't go mm -hmm. in there thinking like I need to sound like John. 
I just went in there and sang, you know? So now knowing what I know, if I were to go into an audition, I would pay more attention to the nuances of the artist. Like, you know, it's a huge difference between Demi Lovato and Rihanna. Rihanna is Bayesian. She has an accent. She has a different tone, you know? So mm -hmm. I, ha I know when I'm singing her stuff, I need to change the way I pronounce certain words. You know, I need to, yeah. I got to match what she does. Whereas to Demi, she just singing hard, straight chest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, I got yeah, yeah. to match that, you know? So now I will listen to those, you know, small details. Then I was just like, I'm here. If this is for me, then let it be for me. And that's it. <laughs> but, you know, if I had any advice to give, you know, I would just say, just go in there prepared. Like, know the music, know the music, watch the shows on YouTube, watch mm -hmm. everything. I did do that. I did. I studied, you know, their shows on YouTube and tried to, you know, yeah. catch some choreo and stuff that they were doing, you know, and um, all of it matters, you know, so when you go into, and auditions really, it, they're interesting now. Social media was not popping then right. at all. You know, social media, I think now has changed uh, the way a lot of things go now, you know, like you mm -hmm. can post a singing video and somebody can be like, I want you to come on my tour. You know what I'm saying? It's just it, yeah. it's different now. But if 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 you're not hand selected in that way, and someone contacts you and say, "Hey, we want you to come to this audition," my advice would just be to be as prepared as possible. Study their art, study their music, study their work. Mm -hmm. um, right. Listen to their just album. Yeah. Just know them. You know, know the artist and go prepared. Go knowing knowing the music. Yeah, that's, that's your best great. bet. To, like if you know the music. And you practiced it and you studied it, then it won't be hard for you to execute it, you know? Right, right, right. Now, I, I got a few people I can think of who are listeners that are singers that will be just geeking out about this interview because you're giving such okay. gems and such <laughs> insight. So I'm going to go real technical to the singer stuff. Can you, speak to, can you speak to a little bit about uh, on tour vocal care? for a singer can you speak towards that and like how was that on you as a singer like was it stressful because a lot of people talk about it and but I don't think a lot of people mm -hmm. know about vocal care and so that's just something I would love to hear about you speak on sure absolutely I've been blessed to not really have a lot of issues with my voice on tour there was one one time in particular this is the only time it's ever happened to me I completely lost my voice I mean like nothing was coming out I couldn't say anything Luckily, we had maybe two or three days off in between shows. And so I literally, I stayed in my hotel room by myself. I was constantly drinking water, like first thing in the morning, water, hour later, water, 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 water. So water is key to anything. Um, and vocal rest, I could not talk. Like I didn't say one word throughout that whole time. I went and I got a massage. Um, I went to the sauna, you know, to, to steam and to open open my pores, open my, my air passageways. Um, but that's really all that I did. Um, I think I did have to take some, some medicine. I had a cold. And so that, wow. you know, that changes everything. That's the first time it's, that's ever happened to me. But um, I would say warm up before every show. Don't just think you can just go up there and just go, right. ah, you know, like you have to warm <laughs> up, warm up, warm down. Um, they have free, um, instructional videos on YouTube. You can just go on yeah. YouTube and look up vocal mm -hmm. warmups. You know what I'm saying? You can do that. Um, a steamer, they have different steamers that you can use for your voice. Um, that always works. Um, Manuka honey, it's a natural honey that you can use. That mm -hmm. is very the good. Raw honey, ginger, yeah. raw honey, ginger, um, 
Tea actually dries your throat out. So I would just do hot water, Manuka honey, and not even lemon because lemon is acidic, you know, and that could be problematic to your voice, just depending on, you know, each person. It's all relative. Some people have no problems. Some people have problems all the time. It really also just depends on your body. Um, I do find that when I'm in good shape physically, my voice is is also. So working Mm -hmm. out, staying active helps me out a a whole lot. what else? I mean, I don't really eat fried foods like that, but mm-hmm. when I change my diet and I'm more conscious of what I'm eating, that that definitely helps as well. And not based? talking when you don't have to. Right. Am I plant based? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm not plant based. I'll eat. Okay. I, I eat chicken. I'm about to say you eat some chicken. <laughs> like you eat some chicken. You bust some chicken down. Definitely still eat chicken. <laughs> you are so I, I, silly. I am. I know. I gotta be quiet. But thank you. I, I, but yeah. I just love hearing those insights for like that. Yeah, no problem. So what was that first show on, on the Evolver tour? Like, like, were there, were there <laughs> nerves? Did you feel like, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm here, I was put here for a reason. So I'm just going and smoke this, like, just talk about like the, that whole day of preparation and then actually stepping on that stage. Right. Cause you're like what? 21, 22 at the time. 23. 23 wow yeah mm-hmm. Amazing. i was 23 um I, which is really really young would you say i said not many 23-year-olds backing up john legend yo like really i left school to 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 go on tour i had one semester left before wow. i was finished and i was like i have to do this like if i i can't turn this down i can come back to school i gotta do this right. and i did i went back and i graduated you know but i had one semester left before um before I, I took that opportunity but um so the first the first show was actually crazy we were in Denver Colorado okay I'm I'm green meaning I don't know what's going on I'm just here I have I'm clueless okay so back then they would slip the day sheet a day sheet is kind of like your call times like crew needs to be in the lobby at this time Band needs to be in the lobby at this time. Artists, you know, sound check, et cetera, et cetera. Now they email it to you. But back then they had to slide it underneath your door. I didn't know that. So I'm sitting in my hotel room just like, and I think somebody might've called me like, um, we're on the bus. It, we have to go to the venue for sound check. I'm like, okay. So I run downstairs, I get on the bus and we get to the venue and um, we were still kind of learning choreography like we were still like locking things in I was a nervous wreck honestly like I wasn't like completely sure like I I knew it but of course I was nervous like this is my first show I don't really know what's happening it's all these moving parts so I get to the venue and we're in the dressing room trying to you know just fine-tune everything that's happening that night and um, we have to stop what we're doing and go get pictures for for a visa to go somewhere so I'm like okay um then they start talking about the, the next movements, like where we're going next. And I'm like, my luggage is still in the hotel room. I left, every, everything is there. Tour manager's like, okay, so after you go get your picture, go to the hotel and get your bags. You, you're going to need your bags because we're going to another city. Like I was clueless. I was just there to sing and dance. I was not right. aware of it's any like, of the logistics. I was like, oh, like, I got to check out. Y'all didn't tell, tell me nothing. They didn't tell, nobody said nothing. They right. didn't tell me. So I'm like, I felt embarrassed, you know, because I'm like, I got to go back to the hotel, get all of my 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 things. Like, I'm pretty sure I had stuff everywhere. I'm sure my luggage wasn't 
put together to where I could just run upstairs and grab it and leave. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get fired because I didn't know that I need to check out. No. Like I was, I wasn't, so all of this is happening before the first show before, oh <laughs> of the tour. Exactly. <laughs> so I was, I was discombobulated. I was a nervous wreck, but obviously I made it through and, um, mm-hmm. You know, but those are cool stories. You know what I'm saying? So if I am on a tour and somebody's new and like they don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. I always remember those moments and be like, all right, so this is what's happening. But now things are different. Like I said, the tour manager, email, cell phones, text message, you know what I'm saying? Like there's more moment by moment, play by play updates. So everybody is on the same page. But I was I was completely clueless. Wow. No, that's 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 a nerve-wracking situation. That that that's yeah, like a few times when is. I was on set before I did used to do like commercials and stuff. A few times I was on set, I remember mm. the first time I big booked like a real commercial. Like the, I was young at the time, and so like I'm ready there. I'm like, I'm so excited. It's my first time on set. I'm ready to act and do whatever y'all need me to do. <laughs> and I'm supposed to do three hours of school, and I ain't know. So I left my book bag in the car, everything like that. The lady's like the tutor there, she's like so you know do you have your schoolwork uh what are you doing i was like no i left it in the car she's like uh go get it <laughs> so it's just it's so funny it's like well when was i supposed to know with these sort of things right. so that's just like the nature right. of being new to something and being so yep. excited yeah but that's that's just so so cool to see but um yeah. i wanted to ask you a question more about let's get more into you Tell us, I read an interview about you talking about like Sade was like playing a lot as a kid and and though yeah. that was the sound that was here. So tell us a little bit more about you know some of your influences and how you would describe your sound today and what people can expect from when they hear Norell. That's such a good question because every time I perform, I hear something different. And I think, you know, as I continue to settle into my artistry, you know, because there is a huge difference between being a background vocalist and being an artist. And, um, you know, I think that it's also a huge difference between being a singer and being an artist. And I think sometimes people are like, oh, well, just because I can sing, I can be an artist. And there is really an artistry to being an artist. (laughs) I know that sounds silly, but, you know, it's real. And I'm I'm even learning that now, you know, in this process. Um, And I had to get out of a BGV mindset, which is, you know, just sing the song as it as it is. You stay in this pocket. You don't go left. You don't go right. You don't go up. You go down. Like this is where you stay. Sing the parts, and that's it. And I I, I became aware that that's how I was approaching my songs and not really yeah. exploring, you know, um, what I can do vocally, you know, in my music. So um, when I listen to myself now, I'm hearing all these different influences that I kind of even forgot about. One being Stokely from Mint Condition. Like I listened to Mint Condition Stokely. religiously as a kid. And right, exactly. And so when I, I do certain things, I was like, where's that coming from? And a couple of weeks ago, um, my husband and I, we revisited um, definition of a band. And I was like, wow, like, yeah. I'm listening to him and I'm hearing stuff that I do, you know, it just kind of comes out naturally. I'm like, oh yeah, I yeah. did used to listen to Stokely day in and day out, you know, so Stokely, Brandy, of course, huge, uh, huge, 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 uh, huge, huge influence. I know. <laughs> the vocal Bible. The Genesis, vocal Bible. Exodus, Absolutely. Leviticus, all yes. of the above. <laughs> oh, all of the above. Jesus. All of the above. But I can't mention Brandy without, without mentioning Kim Burrell. You know, because it's is, all in. We could have more singers on 
Armand. This Aww. is what we need. We need more of this. Because <laughs> I be feeling alone. Yes. Aww. Talk about Stokely Williams. Talk about Kim Burrell. We like this. I know the, yeah. the, the few listeners that are singer singers and, and R&B heads are loving this right now if you're hearing this. So, yeah, yes. keep going, that. please, please. I'm loving this. Keep um, going. Um, so, yeah, but but Sade, you know, my mom played a lot of Sade when I was growing up. Smooth Operator was the first song that she recalls me singing. You know, and, and I have some of that influence in 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 the tone of my voice. It's kind of soft. Mm-hmm. Like I do have power, but right. my natural inclination when I approach songs is to kind of just be kind of chill, smooth, and laid back. Um, Aaliyah comes up a lot mm-hmm. also. Um, mm-hmm. who else? A lot, a lot. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm an 80s baby, but I grew up in the 90s, so I'm a 90s yeah. baby. I love 90s R&B music like that. That's what yeah. raised me, you know, that raised me. And that's what I listened to. Um, so, yeah, those are like it's, the first influences that kind of come to mind. Shante is, uh, I try to say this all the time. Oh, odd, very odd connection. I have to say it because now it's the second time that she's come up in two episodes. I grew up oh, with okay. one of her background singers, Leon Osborne. Shout out to Leon. He okay. used to teach vocal lessons in uh, the local music store I went to where I went to school. I grew up with his son in, in school and everything. So it was cool. Just like he, you know, would uh, teach me little things about music and whatnot. But um, it's it's so great to hear this. I, I'm excited that we have someone yeah. like this on the show because Armand knows I feel I've been feeling alone in the vocals because like he'll, he'll play a song and be like what uh, 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 the where's the bridge where's the this where's the uh? you know and and it, it's it's just so great to have that here but um what was yeah I, I forgot my question so I'm gonna just, yeah go I, and, this is a good I'm transition um actually so, <laughs> so something uh Nick and I have this one classic episode of stay busy uh it's okay. called R and beef where we okay. where oh where we <laughs> where, where we had a conversation about the state of R&B um certain artists who Nick feel aren't R&B artists um based off of not being the strongest vocally things like that and there's this constant conversation these days where people feel like r&b is kind of lost it's lost you know what it had in the 90s and the early 2000s so you as a singer as a Mm -hmm. as an incredible vocalist as someone who grew up on 90s r&b what do you feel about the state of r&b today and where do you feel you fit in if you fit in at all I, i know the goal is to stand out but like what sure. what lane within R&B do you think that you you're in and just the state of R&B as, as a whole? I love that you that you asked that question. I just tweeted something maybe a week ago and I said, um, I don't think that R&B is dead. Because like you said, the conversation is R&B is dead. dead. Like, there's no real R&B. I don't feel that R&B is dead. I feel like soul is dead. And I feel like the sound and the feeling that people are saying that they miss or want to connect to is the soul that was in the early R&B music in the 90s, you know, mid-90s, late 90s, early 2000s. It was the soul. It was the grit. Mm -hmm. You had Mary. You had Faith. You know, you had Whitney. You had all these singers that are coming from church. So, and and that, that is an emotive experience, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. so I think that what people are saying that they're missing or what, what they are really missing is the soul which is not even a sound, it's a feeling. It's a feeling that people are missing from music. And I think that's what makes, you know, R&B, the R&B 
now different than the R&B then. So it's not dead. I think the the elements that people it's such a, I don't even know what to call the conversation. It's a, it's, it's an interesting conversation because people say that they want that thing, but then when that thing is presented, it's like, right. it's not the sound that's in now. So people don't really gravitate wow. towards that. So to your question about where I feel like I fit in, I'm not really sure yet, you know, because um, I feel like I do have that grit and that, that feeling, it may not be in me screaming all over a track you know in terms of sonically you know but the soul is still is still there and I don't know I don't know if if soul has a place in R&B music right now to be honest with you because that's just that's not that's not what the sound is now the sound has transformed it's evolved um into your hers your Gibeons your lucky days your Kiana Lade's um the music industry has changed. You know what I'm saying? Like R&B is partnered with hip hop. It's hip hop and R&B. It's not R&B and soul anymore. You know what I'm saying? So hip hop mm-hmm. is considered the new R&B. You know, Cardi B is number one on the hip hop and R&B charts, you know, and WAP is considered R&B. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's not what the R&B is that we're, that's not what we're we're used to. You know, that's not how we categorize it. Um, so I don't know where, where I fit in. You know, I'm really just concerned with establishing my sound. I don't want to sound like anybody else, although I have all of those influences that I just mentioned before. My goal is to not mimic their sound, but to be influenced by the sound and to make it my yeah. own, you know? So, and I think what makes artists spectacular is the fact when you hear their voice, you know that it's them. And so, you know, that's what makes Gibeon so special and why everybody is gravitating yeah. towards him and his sound because his sound is so unique. When you hear his voice, you know that it's him, you know? So I'm just really focused on establishing that. Um, hopefully I have a space, you know, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just, I just, you know, being authentic to myself and who I am as an artist is so important mm-hmm. to me. I'm not willing to compromise um, on that, you know, so I'm not, I'm not focused on fitting in where we are, you know, more or less than creating a new wave and creating a new lane, maybe even bringing that soul, that classic R&B back into, you know, the, the ears of, of R&B listeners. So, yeah. I love that. That And I think it, of course. It did. It did. Okay. (laughs) That was a great answer. And I think now we have, like, people are realizing that they, I think we haven't had that sound in such a long time be so dominant in the in the in the popular realm, mm-hmm. if you will. So that's why I think leave the door open is so powerful because mm-hmm. it's like it's reminding people like, no, this sound is we it's undeniable. Right. Young, exactly. old, regardless. Y'all have exactly. to remember that this this is the template from which we all yes. others have derived. And so <laughs> right. Think, right. From with all others came. Okay. Yes. So like I'm I'm very, very I'm glad to hear that. And I think that, you know, Bruno and Anderson, I don't think even understand what they've broken through mm. because like an mm. artist like myself, mm-hmm. like in my music, everybody was always saying, you know, you have an old soul or you sound old school or, you know, this is classic R&B. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, mm-hmm. not backhanded compliments, but things that was othering me from saying like, this don't sound like what's out now. Sure. And I think as yeah. an artist, I've also started to embrace like, listen, that's how I sound because those people, there is a reason why I try- there's a reason why Charlie Wilson 
is still singing at 70 or 70, right. whatever, how <laughs> old that man is. There's a reason why he's still singing today and singing yes. down. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you yeah. can't skip steps and you can't deny that. And I think it's also Absolutely. why, like another thing in the industry, I just have so many singer things that I'm just talking to. I'm just venting to you. Just thank you for this. <laughs> and we'll wrap it up shortly. But um, and so I think why Giving On's voice is cutting through right now is because there's so many singers uh, we don't have any low male voices, no baritones that really just be mm. cutting through. Like before we had Teddy mm -hmm. Pendergrass, we had Barry White, we had all these singers, yeah. even if, if you want to go back to Frank Sinatra and all these guys, right? Sure. Real manly voices. Mm -hmm. So I love to hear that that's coming back. And so that's also giving me more confidence because I ain't nobody's tenor. So, <laughs> I, you know, and that's I, like, <laughs> I'm nobody's tenor. So, uh, so that's, that's also exciting. But I want, my last question for you is, I want you to talk to a little bit about like, you know, talking about the difference between being a singer and an artist, but like the mm -hmm. artist side of things that you've had to embrace, you know, the photo shoots, mm -hmm. the, the podcast oh. interview, <laughs> those sort of things about being an artist that are obviously aside from the craft, but a part of the, the industry. So I want you to talk Absolutely. a little bit about your transition from between that and what, how's that been for you? I don't mind because I like to get cute for the, for the photo shoots and I like to talk. So it's right. all perfect for me. <laughs> I fit right in. But yeah, you know, sometimes it requires doing things that you may not necessarily feel like doing because if artists are anything, we are moody and we're temperamental. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're moody and we're temperamental. I mean, it just is, but it's a part of right. the creative process, mm -hmm. you know? And because we lead with our emotions, that's just, that is who we are, you know? And, um, I was, it was a half joke, but half truth. I, yes, I do like getting cute and getting all dolled up for photo shoots and stuff. Um, and it is fun. I love it. I think for me in particular, it gets a little challenging because I don't have a team and I literally am doing everything yes, on my own, like email, whatever it is, bookings. I'm literally doing it all by myself. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like if I have a live show, my husband is helping me put the show together. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm relying on, on my resources and my my friendships with you know people who I've toured with over the past 13 years. Like, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? Or you know, paying people for whatever, whatever they're willing to do, yeah. you know. Um, mm -hmm. and that's another thing. Like, this is not free, it costs to do everything, you know what I'm saying? Like, unless yeah. you have everything in-house, which I don't. You know, we can only do so much, you know, it's resources, it's time, it's energy. So you really have to be dedicated to what you're doing. And it has to be like a pure, genuine love for the art, because it can be a lot, you know, especially if you're doing everything yourself. And like I said, I have a family, I have a son, I have a husband, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I, I got bills. You're a person too. You're a person too. I'm a person too. I'm a person too, you know, but mm -hmm. I love it. I love it so much and I really would not want to be doing anything else. And that is what, wow. that's what keeps me going and keeps me, you know, on top of it. Like, all right, you got to get this done. You got to get this done. You know, I've been, um, I've been handling life with better care, meaning mm. staying focused, not allowing myself to really sink in to how I may be feeling that day, you know, because yeah. that can kind of snowball and you take one day, like I'm not doing this. And then it's the next, it's two days and it's three days. And then it's a week. And I haven't been productive in a week because I'm sulking or just, what, not sulking, but just in whatever feelings that I'm in, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's teaching me um, discipline. Yeah. It's teaching me discipline and helping me just remain focused 
um, you know, just to stay on top of my tasks and mm-hmm. to, to do what I need to do, you know? So I love it. I love it. And I, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. So. Mm. Well, we, we're going to end it on the, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. That is, I wouldn't want to be perfect. doing anything else. <laughs> Well, thank you for being so candid. Thank you for those answers. Honestly, it was just good to sit back and watch you and Nick nerd out and go back and forth I, about I, all, I, all the. I, I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs> no, it's great. This is, this is this is great. I, I think you've really set the tone for future artists that we bring on because I, we, I love that. you know we we typically try to have you know people who are in the background, songwriters, producers, engineers. Yeah. A&R's publicists and like this is really one of our first artist conversations but it was it was incredible so with with this energy we definitely want to continue it so thank you for setting the tone in such a strong way thank you for all of all all the gems you shared the stories you told uh if you all read my interview with Norelle you know she's planning to have a project out by June um you know her her yeah uh her um her her current mantra is I'm just figuring this shit out so um <laughs> we, we all figure it out together now can we expect another single before june perhaps Uh-oh. i don't know yet um i'm trying to figure out the rollout i'm coming out okay. with a plan you know i don't know if it makes more sense to drop a single or if it makes more sense to just drop the ep mm-hmm. with a visual i don't know yet i haven't you know what i'm saying it's got to figure out what makes the most sense you know figure out what didn't work the best for this last single release rollout and then right. you know take those lessons and apply them to what's happening what's happening next so I can really maximize that moment so uh, I don't know yet I haven't decided <laughs> we, we just figuring this shit out but we're all, Listen, we're all saying, step by step. there you go well we're excited <laughs> for you regardless um congratulations on all the success thus far uh we, make, we you. wish you much success moving forward and yeah phenomenal mm-hmm. conversation um jump into yeah. this bulletin board shout out some women-owned businesses Narelle, do you have any women-owned businesses that you want to give a shout out to um the first one that pops into mind is um posh collection um for my homegirl michi in cleveland mm-hmm. ohio she is a business owner she has her own um salon which she is now transforming into salon suites which is a huge deal um she owns her own hairline clothing company She's really been doing her thing for a while now in Cleveland. So I definitely want to shout her out and give her some love. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Franco's. Yes. <laughs> I got one. I got one finally to shout out. I wanted to shout out my amazing uh, friend, Caleb. I want to shout out his wife, Alexis. Shout out Alexis and her her brand called Earth's Allure. is handcrafted art, jewelry, and home goods. Uh, inspired by mother nature so everyone every order plants a tree so y'all go go check that out go get tapped in she makes amazing beautiful uh art pieces and so y'all go see that earth's allure earth's allure love that and my shout out goes to those wrestling girls it is an all-woman wrestling podcast um black women as well um they have some very very amazing conversations they had bianca belair on um, a couple months ago, she was the, the Royal Rumble winner from this past year, a Black woman. She'll be main eventing WrestleMania. So uh, very, very dope times for, for Black people in general. Blackness is great forever, every day of the year, every year of the decade, every decade of the century, Blackness wins. So shout out to all, all Black women business owners. And yeah, once again, we were 
graced with the presence of Norell, her resume speaks for itself. And if you don't know, look her up, figure it out. But we <laughs> talked about a bunch of it. So if you was paying attention, you should know. Uh, thank you again for joining us and for bringing the energy. We had an amazing time with you and we can't wait to see what comes next. Thank you guys so much. So I enjoyed spending my Friday night with you guys. Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you for giving <laughs> us the time. You're the best. Absolutely. It's the boy Armand here with the co-host extraordinaire Nick Early. We want y'all to stay, stay, stay safe, stay humble, protect our queens, and stay busy. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy, taking time, getting right. If you miss me, yeah, yeah. I've been out yeah, in the yeah. world, staying yeah, yeah. busy. Monday's not a Yeah.